I'm wrestling. You're not weak for me. Celebrate what I am. Celebrate what I have been. Celebrate what I represent. And celebrate the many ways I have impacted your life. I will survive this test as I have survived others. I am forever etched into the very fiber of all mankind. The world needs me. Time is on my side. History guarantees me. I am wrestling. Do not wait for me. What's up, everybody? This is episode 35 of the T-Row and Funky Show. I am your host, Ben Askren. As always, with my main man, Tommy Rollins. Uh, what's going on in Ohio, Tommy? Nothing much, my brother. Just recovering from uh, following Fargo all week. And, you know, I don't really want to steal the thunder because you were actually there. But, uh, you know, we're heading into probably the slowest time of the year for wrestling in every year besides the Olympic year. You are, so. you are correct, my friend, and that is where I want to start this week's episode. Tommy, I don't know your opinion. I'm, I got the general feeling that you're probably on my side and going to agree with me, but if you don't mind, I kind of want to go off about this IOC decision. Do it. I'm with you. Do it. Okay, Tommy, it's it's freaking insanity. I mean, uh, I you know I don't know if, how many of you guys have been following, reading through the reports of what's been, it's called the McLaren Commission Report, came out kind of detailing how much cheating Russia was doing on these drug tests. And the stat was that they somehow covered up 350 failed tests. Just let that sit for a second, Tommy. That's mind-blowing. 350 failed tests. That's not like they got their athletes out of the test or anything else. That's, That's literally the athletes peed in the cup, they failed, and the and the Russian people hit it. That is it, it, just the fact that it's, you know, cheating is one thing. State sponsored is just, you know, that's where you, you find out the corruption in the world. The fact that there is no substantial penal- penalty for Russia as a country for sponsoring this type of stuff is just mind blowing. 100%. And so I, I think, I think that the IOC chickened out. They either got paid off or they got threatened with a, you know, a, a shotgun or something. I don't, I don't really know, uh, what the deal was, but the IOC got paid off because when there's something like this, I mean, listen, Tommy, in wrestling alone, I want to say it was 26 failed drug tests that were covered up. And then, like I said, like, let me repeat what I said before. These are when they actually failed a test and Russia swapped them out, right? This doesn't include any other things that they could have done to not be tested or to pass a drug test. This was, Literally 26 failed tests in the sport of wrestling alone. So when some people are saying, well, I'm glad they didn't get banned because what about the innocents? Like, Tommy, think about this. There's 12 spots for Greco and Freestyle men's wrestling. Each one of them dudes could have got busted twice and they'd still have two tests left over. (laughs) I mean, freaking A, right? Right. It's just validation of the culture that exists in the Soviet countries. I don't think that... Azerbaijan or Kazakhstan or Uzbekistan or Turkmenistan or Georgia or any of those other countries or Ukraine have any type of different culture than the one that Russia is falling victim to. And yeah, that's what we're up against. So now let me think, do you fall prey to this? Uh, I've heard many people in the rest of me say, well, if Russia didn't show up, there'd have to be an asterisk by it. And I think that's bullshit because in 84, I'll give you the asterisk in 84 because they didn't miss because they they were cheating their ass off. They missed because of political concerns. So Correct. I'll give you an asterisk for that one. But this one, it's like, well, if, if, if say, you go to the, the national tournament, Tommy, and, and number one seed don't make weight, is there an asterisk? No, the dude didn't make weight. That's part Correct. of the thing. You can't wrestle if you don't make weight. And you can't or shouldn't be allowed to wrestle if you can't pass a freaking drug test. So, um I, asterisk, there should be no asterisk. There I, should be I an asterisk by yeah. any Russian that wins. I don't fall victim to it at all um, as, a, as a competitor, especially at that level, because it truly is a game of inches. And, you know, one little needle in the rear end, you know, <laughs> three weeks before. They, they're not taking one little needle. They're taking many. Exactly. But I'm just there. saying it's a game of inches. So we're, we're talking about, you know. You know, minutia here, but that's, that's where the Olympics are won or lost is in the minutia. And so I don't think there's an asterisk next to the title at all. Now it's a different discussion as a spectator, as a fan, 
as someone who wants to enjoy watching the Olympics, I think that it wouldn't be as fun to watch. But there's no asterisks for the competitors who complete purely, cleanly, and fairly, and the guys that have to sit out. There is no asterisks next to that. Yeah, I, I, I agree 100%. So I don't see where these people are coming from. I, I honestly, I'm kind of shocked. I thought when that, when that McLaren report came out and they, they were just detailing how many, all the procedures Russia went through to cheat and how many failed tests there were and all that stuff. I read that, Tommy, and I'm like, there is absolutely no way the IOC can let Russia compete at the Olympics because it's pretty much just saying, like, all right, it's, let's have, let's let them have at it. No, there will be no punishment at any time. Only, th- only thing, the only thing to consider, Ben, is that um, even though Russia clearly has a culture of state-sponsored doping in every sport, but we anybody who would argue that fact, board. yeah, anybody who would argue that fact because it's now a fact is a moron. But here's the only thing, Ben, and you know, it, it's it's an interesting topic, but not every Russian does steroids. Not every Russian in every sport is doping. Man, 26 failed drug tests in, in just wrestling, it sure seems like it. Well, uh, I mean, how does one stay clean in, in a culture like that, though, Tommy? I, when, I don't know. I just don't believe that. I mean, there was a whistleblower, right? I mean, was, in track, and, and, in she track used, and field. She used. Oh, she really? used. She didn't. She, her deal was that she didn't like, um, she so didn't do like you, the fact that she was being forced to use. So she, and then she started, I believe she started dating, um, an anti-doping official from a different country. And that was kind of how they blew the whistle on it. But that, she's not being allowed to, okay, I got her name here. It's, uh, Yulia Stepanova. Um, uh, don't be surprised if she gets in a car accident oh, in three or four months. Wouldn't be surprised at all. But so she's actually not being allowed to, uh, I said there's also concern expressed for Yulia Stepanova, a Russian runner whose evidence helped expose the nation's doping scandal, but will now not be allowed to compete in Rio under a neutral flag. So, so they're it, not letting her compete. Okay, but, but dumb, here's the lady. thing, though. I mean, I think even Putin has admitted that there's a there's an issue, there's a culture sure. of doping in the, in the federations, in the, in the you know governing body of, the, of all sports in Russia. But do you believe that every Russian in every sport is doping? I would say the percentages are so high that the only thing you can possibly do is ban the whole country to send a message. Tommy, it's kind of like when the big banks were jacking around and then the government gave them money. You know what's going to happen? The big banks didn't stop doing what they were doing. The Russians ain't going to stop cheating. The only way you're going to get the Russians to stop cheating is to freaking ban them from the Olympics. I can't believe you used the bailouts um, the big banks? as an example. They were because, cheating their ass off. I was they, on were, a group, they were like the Russian on steroids. I was on a group text with Russ Ellickson, Mitch Clark, Blake Kaplan, who was an All-American, Johnny Clark, two-time All-American, Case Kaputska, you know, all these guys that wrestled at the collegiate level. And I and when, when, when the IOC released their statement that they're not banning Russia, I said, it feels like a government bailout. <laughs> Tommy, that's what it's like. It's, it's, it it's feels like, like a government okay. bailout. Well, I mean, it's you like, really think the a, Russians are going to stop doping and be like, well, they almost caught us. I guess we just it stopped. Is, but They're going to be like, we're too big to fail. We're too big. The Olympics isn't the Olympics without Russia. We ain't stopping. We're going to double premise. down. It's the same premise. that What the Olympic Committee is saying, how can we run the Olympics without Russia? No different than the federal government saying, how can we run the government without GM? How can we run the government with these ba- without these banks? And although there is logic that can be applied to that philosophy you could you know it's is is it you know let them let them they 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 made their bed they made their bed yeah and it's been proven without without a shadow of a doubt so i you know you're right there are probably a few clean russians but i mean the the lady who came out that stepping over she pretty much made it but she pretty much made it seem like that all russian athletes were forced to dope it's kind of that's kind of what she made it seem like well to for me to say that this guy doesn't dope and this guy does at this point you throw the deck of cards in the air and chances are to your point it's more than likely that they they do dope or have doped but just let's let's just let's just imagine that Abdul Rashid Sadulayev, two time oh, defending two time defending world champ, he, you know he he's ripped out of his mind. But most world champs are Ben, even the clean sure, ones, of course. even the clean of ones. Course. Let's just say that he's not a user. 
How sad would that be that he can't be in the Olympics? But that listen, there listen, when you do something that this tough, this drastic, there's gonna be some casualties, Tommy. That's just how it is. But when you got a when you got a problem that you gotta solve like this, I mean this is a this is a big issue, Tommy, because don't think there's not other nations looking at, at what just happened to Russia and thinking, well shit, they ain't gonna kick it. Don't think China's not looking at this thing and well they wouldn't kick us out of the next Olympics. Um, right? That's man, what that's I'm, what they're I'm thinking. trying my best to take the other side, you know. I'm trying to spice up our podcast. I know, it's just, crazy, you, though. It's, your points are too good. It's too hard. Well, it's too hard to take that. I don't have to make much of a point because for anyone with common sense who's not on the take, it's just like, duh, they should have been kicked out. 350 failed tests. Okay, I'm done with that. Let's move on to the next topic. <laughs> no one's moving to the damn Olympic Village. Problem number two. Do you have you read these articles? I, I didn't even know that. I didn't know we were talking about that tonight. So what's no, going on? No one's moving in. They're like they're not safe. They're dangerous. The toilets won't flush. No one's moving into the Olympic villages right now. How crazy that's, is that? And what would you think of? What do you think the athletes are dealing with right now? Especially, you know, the wrestling's got to compete kind of later on in the game. But some of those athletes got to be ready to compete on day one, day two, day three of the games. And so we're talking right now. Less than two weeks, Tommy. Less than two weeks, and they can't move in the village. I know I saw some of the uh, – an article said some of the American contingent were bringing in their own laborers to fix the the problems. Like like what, certain federations were hiring yes. labor? Yes, yes, 100%. <laughs> wow. That's crazy, right? Yeah, but, I mean, if it's the most important event of your life. And it, even if you've already been in the Olympics before, that next Olympics is still the most important event yes. of your life. At that point, so I mean, to 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 go to those lengths, it's a game of inches. Back to our first discussion. About- I kind of, you know, I'll tell you, I'm gonna be honest with you right now, Tommy. I kind of like, I kind of like it when shit went bad for everybody because I always felt, and maybe this is just me being crazy or me imagining stuff. I kind of always felt I was the most mentally equipped to deal with situations. Like I could handle, I could handle it, you know, without freaking out. And I figured some of these situations would make other people freaked out. So I actually kind of liked it when stuff went wrong. I'm with you. Travel issues or whatever. I follow you completely. This is rough. This is, I mean, people ain't moving. Well, it's just embarrassing. I mean, more than anything, it's embarrassing. Because to your point, these are world class athletes that have been trained for this their whole life. Everyone has the same circumstances. It's not an unfair playing field. It's just a ridiculous playing field that they have to play on. It's an and it's embarrassing. Yeah. So this is from seven hours ago. So are we we're pretty much bashing the IOC on this on this episode because don't be surprised whenever, if we get in a car accident. In oh a couple God, weeks. I no. mean, I would not honestly, I wouldn't be shocked. <laughs> um, yeah, at, although photos from the village show uh, show the facilities are far from uninhabitable, the biggest problems are gas, electricity, and plumbing. So Simple stuff, <laughs> just gas, utilities. electricity, and plumbing, no big deal there. You know where are they going to poop at? Problems include block, blocked toilets, leaking pipes, exposed wiring, darkened stairwells where no lighting has been installed, dirty floors in need of a massive clean, in operation areas, water has come through the ceiling, resulting in large puddles on the floor or on the cabling and wiring. Oh, my God, Tommy. Unbelievable. Oh, I mean, come on. <laughs> the Olympics are supposed to start two weeks or less than two weeks. Um so just wow on that. I, I don't even know what to tell you. I did read this this very uh, good book. I'm, I can't remember the name. And it, it detailed the commercialization of the Olympic movement, which it was, it was so intriguing. But in my opinion, that's why uh, right now that's why Russia's in the Olympics is because they know the, the Olympics is going to draw far, far worse ratings without Russia in there. Do you feel the same way? Yeah, no doubt about it. There's just there's a lot of money on the line and – Judgment gets clouded and you know, you got a lot of smart people in the room that can justify letting this slide. They can build, they can build a case where although you and I would disagree, Ben, there's logic applied. There's, 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 there's reasoning that you can use that you can skate out of this and not feel like you're doing the wrong thing. Sure. But you just common sense prevails. You got to follow, you know, what, what, what makes the most sense sometimes. And I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's uh, hard to see what what should have been done. Definitely. Okay, so you want to get out of Fargo? I mean, we're talking about the Olympics, what, probably next week? Yeah, I think so. I mean, we got a, we got the opening ceremonies. I think they're next week. Either way, we got a few weeks till the wrestling starts. So we'll, start, uh, we'll start. Friday, Tommy, start. I'll be at your house. Friday, August 5th is the opening ceremonies. 
Yeah, dude. I'll be at your house. We can we'll watch it. it yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. Wow, cool. There we go. I think let's do Fargo. Fargo. Let's go. What do you, where do you want to start on Fargo? Ben Darmstadt. Where else? Really? I, I, so <laughs> I, I, I got a good relationship with Ben. He's came to the Funky Fresh Camp for uh, four years, I believe. And I've, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a story, Tommy. So Funky Fresh is an invite. I'm, I never told Ben this story, so I hope he don't get upset or nothing. Funky mm-hmm. Fresh is an invite-only camp, right? So they send an email. They say, this, this is my son's credentials, you know, whatever, whatever. So uh, four years ago, Ben came with his kid named Corey Shy, who's at, he's coming back this year. Corey Shy is a really tough kid out of, I want to say Cincinnati, definitely an Ohio kid. But the first night, Ben Darmstadt cut his eye. And I remember watching the kid wrestle. Thinking like, how in the hell did I let this kid in the camp? Like, <laughs> he ain't very good. How long ago is this? That was four years ago. So <laughs> it was a while back. But uh, obviously now he's a freaking animal, huh? I mean, uh, sadly, I'm going to admit, I've been hearing his name for a couple years now. Never really sat down, logged on the flow, and really watched him wrestle until he won Fargo and got a, got a W. And I'm like, I got I to gotta watch this kid wrestle. And uh, I watched four matches at Fargo. I was very, very impressed. He's still Bambi. Um, yeah, in terms of very immature. physically immature. No fault of his. I'm Perfect. just saying still physically hasn't grown, which is actually a positive, I think, it as is. you look outward yep. to his college career. Um, so, you know, he can't wrestle men right now. He couldn't step on the mat with Jaden Cox or Gabe Dean and, and go toe-to-toe. But this kid, when he gets that man strength, which he's, you know, within two it's, years, it's gonna of happen. When he gets that man strength and he attacks at the pace that he attacks and he moves laterally for an upper weight, the way that he moves and the instincts that he has, he is gonna be a stud, an yep. animal. I don't want to make predictions. All I know is, I liked what I saw. Um, I think Cornell's got a great one, and. Um, I like the way he wrestles, so I'm just partial to the well, way that he wrestles and the state that he's from. I don't I think, think you're far off, Tommy. I'll tell you what my brother said tonight. And my brother is, is far from the one that makes bold predictions. And he goes, I, well, actually, Brian Real Buddha from Cornell is hanging out with my brother right now. And I was over with him. And he said, and, Mac, and I said, oh, yeah, Darmstadt's red shirting or gray shirting or whatever, right? And Max said, well, that's what he should do because then Jaden's gone and he's got a chance to be a four timer. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, Max! Wow, that's a bold prediction right there. But right. So I guess you and him are kind of thinking uh, along the same lines. Yeah, I, I think I think I think three time All American in the hunt a couple times. I think that's very practical. Definitely, I think so too. He's a he is an animal. Hey, I actually you, you brought up Ben Darmstadt right right away, which I'm I'm a big fan of him. But what do you think? Let's start the Fargo off with. Fargo's got one more year on the contract. This was the second to last year um, that that USA Wrestling. This is a twenty-five year contract. What do you think about USA Wrestling possibly moving Fargo to a different location? I my immediate reaction is that's interesting. I don't know if it's what's best or not. You could argue a lot of different angles. I think it's interesting. I really do. I don't. I don't know how to. I don't know how to interpret that. To be honest. Yeah, what do you I, think? I I think they should stay in Fargo. Um, and you know, I think certain people disagree. Certain people would say they should move all over the country. I think for uh, a sake of logistics, you are not going to find a lot of places around the country that have the logistics necessary to host that large of a tournament. I mean, when you think on just the scale it is, there's 24 mats. There's over 2,000 wrestlers per style. The parents, the families, um, a lot of the kids stay in the dorms right there. They're fed by the dorms. Um, they can walk from the dorms to the dome. And, you know, you're just not going to find that that location and that, that venue very many places. So I think that's a big, big reason why it, I would vote for it to stay up in Fargo. Yeah, no, and plus it's become kind of a staple. I mean, when you say Fargo yeah. in the national wrestling community, People know what you mean. I mean, Brutus has talked about just making a shirt that says Fargo on it because the magnitude of what that word means within our wrestling culture is, you know, it's, it's elite. It's, it's the, for age group level, uh, you know, supremacy, it's, it's the number one event, in my opinion. I think you would agree with me. Yeah. It's, it's the big, the biggest of the big. You know what? You, I think UWW cadets and juniors are starting to make kind of a push. Mm-hmm. Uh, where they're getting more and more important, but I think 
I think I would still say Fargo. I think I think the model the model of a college campus so the kids can get fed and they can get yep. um, each, each state federation can have economical room and board. You've got to be on a college campus. I think that that can't that's something you can't change. And I think you got to have a dome because you have. A, a huge covered area to lay yep. down 25 mats and have so, seating too. I mean, cause and a, lot have of, seating. a lot of major universities have indoor domes with no seating for their football team to practice in. But so you got to have a dome with 24 mats with seating also. So how many, uh, how many of those are there? Not many. You've got Northern Iowa, Northern Iowa. Um, there's someone, Northern- so someone told me they got kicked out of Northern Iowa because it was there many, many, many years ago. It hey, was there. Is Northern Illinois, which is like an hour outside of Chicago, so. is that have a dome? Because you could get all these states flying into Chicago, yeah. drive. You know, it's it's a little bit more geographically yeah. friendly than Fargo. I don't think they have a dome though. I I, I think you stay with Fargo. I mean, it's not broken. I mean, yeah. of, you know, you and I point out a lot of things within our sport globally that are broken. Sure, I would say that event is not one of them. Definitely not one of them. And the, the other thing you got to deal with too there is, I mean, it was hot in Fargo, Tommy, but if you start going farther and farther south in late July, I mean, it's going to be blazing hot. Like seriously it's, hot. It's terrible right now in Ohio. I am flying to California tomorrow for a trade show and I'm going to California to cool off. That's how hot it is in Ohio right now. Oh my God. Yeah. So it's terrible. So I think, and then, you know, the last piece there is just a familiarity. Like, how many state leaders take their teams there year after year after year and, you know, they got it down. It's not that hard, not much to think about. And if they got to go somewhere else, especially if they don't have the accommodations of a college campus, finding dorms, finding food or finding housing, finding food, finding transportation. I mean, that's, uh, that's a I beast. agree. I think, I think what we're doing is we're taught, we're, we're basically, um, doing USA wrestling's helping do their due diligence. You got to keep it in Fargo. I'm ta- we're talking ourselves into it. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking you stay. I'm thinking you stay also. So okay. there we go. We're settled on that. Okay, who else who else do you want to hit here? Uh you know, one kid I was really impressed with, it's actually another Ohio kid right off the bat. Uh a kid named Jordan Decatur. He pretty much mauled everyone in a very tough bracket. Mm-hmm. You got to watch him wrestle in high school at all? I've got to watch him wrestle once, uh his finals match. Dude's an animal. Stud. Where's he from? Uh you know, Ben, you're really starting to expose my lack. I'm 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 not proud of my Ohio knowledge nowadays. I don't know what part of Ohio he's from. He's from Akron. Got it. He's, right Le- he's LeBron trained. LeBron trained. I wonder what high school. Did. Probably CVCA or something. He's good. Um, another guy. I was. Uh, I hey, was, how how how'd AWA do? Oh, Tommy. Well, we don't do any self promotion. But how'd you do? We had a tough year. We had two all. We had two all Americans. I I honestly thought I thought this was gonna be our breakthrough year. Where we, we've kind of had a couple each of the last few years, and I thought this was going to be a breakthrough year. And we had, I think we had six guys lose in either the round of twelve or the round of sixteen. So we were like right there on the on the breakthrough. But man, you just realize how tough Fargo. I mean, I, you know it, right? But then right. when you see certain kids you have that have won every freaking state title and every Northern Plains title, and you know they win everything, and then I- you go there, and it's just like. You know, you think the first two rounds are easy matches, and all of a sudden you're like, geez, this guy's kind of tough. This guy's tough, you know? And it's just like, wow, these brackets are, um, especially these, the middleweights say cadet 106 through 138, and then junior say one, 113 through 160. My God, they are just so deep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's just an incredible tournament. Hey, uh, by the way, I know we're bouncing around a little bit, but this pertains to our topic. I loved your Facebook video post. Um, right outside. I think you were getting your car at the airport, I think, or something yeah, like that. Yeah. And, um, it was just a good message you, you sent to all those kids and you kind of elude, you know, eventually you got to your own story where you, I think went 0 and 2. Yeah, um, and then right. by the time your Fargo crew was over, you won the thing. And, um, it just took me back. I, I think that there's so much soul searching that, that gets done for so many great wrestlers at that event. I think the fact that you're in Fargo, North Dakota, you're not in Chicago or New York or Indianapolis. You're in some far off, far flung place where there's 3,000 wrestlers and you don't compete the way you want in the dead of July and you put your whole <laughs> summer, you put the whole summer. I just think you do a lot of soul searching and, 100%. and my freshman year going into my sophomore year, I had a similar situation. I, 
went uh, four and four. I went zero and two in Greco and four and two in freestyle. I had greater expectations of myself than that, way greater. You know, I wanted to do really well. And yeah. I remember. I feel like it was the all time low of my career. Um, in terms of wondering if I'm really gonna be as good as I think I can be. Wow. I mean, I I've been hurt worse. You know, not making the uh-huh. Olympic team and things like that. But just really saying. Am I going to do it? I mean, am I going to be what I think I can be or am I just flat out wrong? And um, I remember that was probably the all-time low when it comes to that type of mindset. And ironically, not even ironically, just uh, as fate would have it, the next year I went 17-0 and won Greco and freestyle. A lot of things happened in that year. Mainly, I got pissed off for greatness, as Ray Lewis, Lewis would say. I just got mad. And yeah. uh, and I hit puberty, so those two things combined. Boom! Yeah, it's a PED, Tommy. Yeah, I got on. I got on the natural PED plan, and um, anyways, but but I remember those. You know, Fargo to me. I think I wrestled between Greco and Freestyle. I want to say that I wrestled seventy five matches in Fargo. Sure. And there's not a event that has shaped me more as a wrestler. Than the four weeks I spent in Fargo as an athlete. Really, I don't that's think a, so. that's a bold statement there, Tom. Well, you, I'm not talking about more memorable. I'm not no, talking I, yeah, about you know. You. I'm talking about one specific event. You know, the, the Big Ten tournament is the NCAA. I mean, at the NCAA tournament, although my mem- amazing memories at the NCAA, did I learn? Was I was I evolving? Was I developing? As a, as a person, as a man, as yeah. a wrestler, you know, I feel like Fargo is, 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 is one of those. I think it's Fargo. Yeah. No, I, I hear you loud and clear. And Tommy, I actually made three videos. Um, you almost, I, I had to so, say, you know, like when I make a video, usually I think of like things I'm going to say and then, mm-hmm. and then I just have at it and, you know, some, some of it makes it in there, some of it doesn't. And so my, my last video was kind of, it had a couple different purposes, but one of them was kind of, uh, finding people that are great and kind of following them, see how they train, see how they live. And so you, so you know what it really legitimately takes. Right. Uh, and I almost brought you up because like I said, I didn't, and I told you before, um, when I was a freshman, I was on two. I remember you and John Trench, I believe both won, uh, both styles and you were, you were both kind of smaller guys who grew into bigger guys. And I, I kind of thought that was going to be my path. And so, uh, um, that's cool. Yeah, so you guys were kind of guys I started following and started watching a lot. Um, so you almost you almost made it in that third video. That's pretty cool, man. I, it's funny that you know you and I. I feel like we're the same age, but at that time, you know, I was like, yeah, I guess senior. the big the big shot, and you were the freshman. That's kind yeah. of fun. Yeah. Big time. <laughs> uh, and then so uh, yeah, I guess you know when you're saying shaping. Yeah, one one great Fargo memory. So I was terrible. I went zero and two, and then the next year I also didn't place. Um, but the one great member I have is is like, and I told this on a recruiting story, is that I didn't get, I wasn't being recruited my junior year, and I wanted mm-hmm. to state titles. And uh, man, I beat Troy Letters in the third round, which in those days it wasn't the, um, it wasn't the same kind of bracketing. It was that what I think they called it a straight line bracket. What they call that kind of bracketing, where they had the two pools and you weren't out till you had two losses. Oh, um... called. I don't know. I know what you're talking about, though. Okay. Well, anyway, so round three is still very early. I mean, you got to make it mm-hmm. around eight or nine or ten to be an all American, right? Right. And so I, I remember, I remember, I beat Troy Letters in round three, and Troy Letters was a freaking man. And I remember thinking, like, I just got myself a college scholarship. Yeah. Like that was it, you know. So to, to your point, uh, Fargo, all, I guess, also had a very big impact on my life. I I don't know if I'd say biggest and, and the most depressing point in my life was when I went to college. I was getting my ass kicked every day. Your redshirt uh, year? Redshirt year, but... Yeah, uh, that was pretty low for me, too. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so, we, you know, we kind of went through some experiences. So we didn't step on the Matt Steber style or, you know, Zane Rutherford style or Kyle Snyder style or yeah. David Taylor style and just, you know, well, light Well, David people. Taylor had a kind of rough... He did, yeah, no, he... That. And I'm not surprised because he kind of had that little... Yeah. Bampy physical build like you had for your yeah, and, and I did too. Even though I was a bigger guy, I was not strong for my weight for sure. sure. I mean, just wasn't there. Sure. So, all right, let's get let's get back to the um, individuals competition. I, I feel like when I say these guys impress me, it's kind of they're kind of like does because they want they freaking went Fargo, 
But nevertheless, I, I'm going to go ahead and say them anyways. Um, Let's do it. Travis Whitlake, this kid is, I, I kind of, I remember, uh, it would have been a year ago, I had an upperclassman go to UWWs, so I think he wasn't a real cadet, but he was a UWW cadet, you know, because he had the extra year. Uh-huh. And Whitlake was a first year when, and usually that gap is the 15 to 17 year old, that's a big gap, mm-hmm. right? And Whitlake just freaking, and my, the kid that was down there, I was watching a video, pretty tough kid. Whitley right. beat him down. I was like, "Good lord, who is this freaking kid?" Um, well, wait to see. I didn't get. Whit- I didn't Whitley's get a chance a to watch. Whitley's a one seventy, and he's only a cadet. But I mean, I think you can argue he's up there with the with even the best juniors. I mean, right. I, I think you can safely make that argument. Um, I, I don't believe he was scored on. I know he won ten zero in the finals. Uh, he's really, really good. I mean, he's on the cadet world team, also. I'm pretty sure. Right. He did not get scored on. I just checked the bracket. He did not get scored on. It looks like all 10 O's. And he is, uh, he is in fact on the, the world team. So, um, big name there. And then, uh, the other one, which is another guy who, he's got an afro actually, so that kind of makes him double cool. Kid named Colton Schultz. He actually took a loss. He was he from Colorado. He's a Colorado kid. He's got an afro. You want to hear a cool story about Colton Schultz? Yeah, man. So when I was when I came back and I competed in, in two thousand uh what two thousand ten was when I, when I kind of was fighting and I came back and I did some tournaments I was at the Dave Schultz Invitational and this kid came up to me and asked me if he could carry my bag all day I'm like yeah whatever you know cool. <laughs> like, good deal this is great so I, I rolled everyone up that day um, got a pin in the finals gave the little kid my medal and if, so a few years later this kid Colton Schultz is making the making the news you know. Big time wrestler now, right. and I kind of looked at his picture, and I'm kind of like, I think I know that kid. Like, I think that was the kid that carried my bag around the day. And sure enough, the mom sent me an email and said that was that was in fact him. So uh, that's awesome. That's a really funny, cool memory from. Uh, so it must have been tw- 2010, Dave Schultz. So he probably would have been nine or ten years old. Super cool, but super cool. He won, so he won freestyle. Um, the guy from what weight is he? Two twenty, and and so he's got that rivalry with Stevenson uh, from Minnesota. But Colton Schultz actually lost to a kid named Tyler Curd in Greco. Came back and, and whooped him in freestyle. But Tyler Curd is the one who had that freaking amazing throw that went viral. Did you see it? No, I didn't. Tommy, how could you not see this? It went viral. All right, all right. Flo so- started posting it, and then. Uh, well, Freaking, I gotta look the it WWE up. retweeted it. John Cena retweeted it. So I, I guess the move is actually John <laughs> Cena's finishing move. Are you serious? WWE, I'm not even kidding. Uh, let me, let me see what you should Google. I think just ty- type in Tyler Curd. Um, how do you spell Curd? C-U-R-D. Let's see. Right. I bet it comes up. Oh yeah, right here. It went, Bleacher Report picked it up. Deadspin picked it up. I mean, everybody picked it up. It's pretty freaking. It, it was pretty crazy. Oh, are you watching it right now? No, I uh, I, I, I tried to search on. it on Flow. Tyler, oh, there we go. Search. I search. Hello. Can you yeah, I'm now? here. Oh, uh, I searched it. We're on, still recording. Yeah, we're still recording. That that I, that music came up. I searched it on. Uh, All right, I got it. <laughs> Watch his go. throw. It's freaking savage. Like uh, big guys aren't supposed to be able to do that, Tommy. <laughs> yeah, Boom! that was the real deal, dude. That did look like WWE. And I, so I was actually sitting by the mat. I was sitting on—you can't see—I was sitting on the turf on the other side. But when he picked him up, I'm thinking like, "Good you God, there? just call the mat right on the mat." I was—I was so I'm, it's a mat 23, so there's there's turf. It would be to the left side of this video, and I was kind of sitting over there bullshitting with Max and uh, one of the other coaches. And uh, when he picked him up, I'm thinking, like, good God, stop the match. Don't let him freaking slam him. <laughs> no one got hurt, and it went viral, so I think it's all good. That's insane, dude. Seriously, that throw. Tommy, you ever done a throw like that? No, I never have. That's not really my forte. I like swing singles. <laughs> <laughs> Dork. <laughs> all right. Let's get, to, let's get to the main event. Let's get to the juniors. What do you think? Okay. Yeah, man, I'm in. All right, so uh, juniors, I, I don't love, I don't love the lighter weight classes. They're tough, but they're kind of, you know, kind of a little thinner. Uh, I, you know, I think one twenties, I, I, in my opinion, where it really gets really, 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 really deep and really, really, really tough. Mm-hmm. Um, 
for the juniors. You know, below that, you got some smaller guys. You know what move I think is bullcrap move, Tommy? Which one? This is this is a bullcrap. I, I I hope you're with me. So a, a junior is defined as any high school kid, right? Mm-hmm. So freshman through senior, the kids who are cadet one hundreds who realize junior one hundred is a significantly easier bracket, and they bump I hate up. It. Snaps me. Terrible. Terrible, isn't it? It snaps me. Cadet 100 is usually tougher than Junior it's 100 and so on and so forth. Way tougher. I mean, it's like, yeah. So, so who did that move? Oh, I can't, I'm not going to say on this podcast. Okay. All right. I mean, well, you know what? I Probably a bunch of them. Frankly, I don't even know. Um, I mean, there's only, what's it like? How many is there? 18 kids in the bracket? More eight are all Americans? Right. So there's... um. Man, there's the, you know, I would, I would guess a bunch of them are cadets and, you know, cadet a hundred. I want to say there's like 80 people or 90 people or so, something crazy like right. that. So you're going from either 18 to eight or 80 to eight. I mean, it's pretty obvious which one's more difficult. Okay. Um, Teasdale versus, versus Dalton Duffield. Teasdale obviously is the, uh, the Iowa recruit committed with Spencer Lee, their buddies. Dalton Duffield won Greco. Um, Good back and forth match. I, Dalton Duffield was up early. Teasdale comes back and beats him. Um, and that, that bracket was also deep. You got Brandon Courtney was tough. Drew Matt and Danny Vega. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, some, some really, really hammers in there. Um, you know who kind of was the big winner? The Flo wrote an article who, who were the top 10 winners of this, but one of the things they, that they should do that they didn't, I don't know who wrote it, Willie or Holmes or whatever, but they should have included, uh, some non people, some obscure things, uh, Bloody Elbows does this when they write MMA reports in Iowa State. Uh, five, they have five finalists, four champs and a runner-up, right? I've been I, I've been fairly critical of, of Iowa State's performance over the handful of, of last years, but yeah, Tommy, five turn finalists. Turn it around, man. Ch- well, I mean, these guys haven't done anything in college, but that's a yeah. But they good. had a good. They had. They had. An, they're on the uptick, even though the uptick is. Lower than maybe you should think the standard. They're on the uptick anyway, and then they got these recruits coming in. That's I mean, five finalists. That's pretty freaking impressive, right? It is. It really is. I mean, that I, has that ever happened? Um, man, I I, I couldn't say when I, I was coming. I when I was coming through, like Minnesota's that. recruiting classes were incredible at Fargo. I do remember that, but I mean, I I would argue that maybe it's never happened. Yeah, I would say we would need like a Jason Bryant or a well, Willie Jason, Taylor yeah, to, see if can to, figure it out for to recruit that one or re- re- recruit research that one because that's a that's a good question. I I would want to say no, but I'm not sure on that one. Um, so yeah, so it, so they got that kicks off with Austin Gomez. He got the pin over Paul Conrad, who's coming to Wisconsin. Uh, at 126, uh, 132, Ian Parker from Michigan is also going to Iowa State. Now, th- this bracket was, uh, was tough, but not quite as tough. I think 138, in my opinion, is the bracket of the tournament. Um, Nick Lee, who is, he's headed to Penn State. He won it, and that finals match against Kane and Store. Kane and Store is another one going to Iowa State, correct? Right, yes. Okay. I think he was their only runner up. And, and he was, he was winning a majority of the match. Um, and, you know, so that, that was a great match. Nick Lee's going to be another really good one for Penn State. I believe he still has, uh, one year left, maybe. Yeah. Not I think sure. He's not only, even I sure. I think he's going to be a senior. I don't think he's going to Penn State. So I think he's going to be a senior, but he's already early committed. And he also has a younger brother named, um, Joe Lee, maybe, who's also mm-hmm. committed to, they, they all committed mm-hmm. to Penn State way early. Um, yeah, so that bracket was awesome. Lee actually tech-falled Mitchell McKee in the semis 14-4. to And Mitchell McKee, I, I held him in very high regard. I think he's an animal. So I still the, do. Still do, even though he got yeah. rolled up by Nick Lee? Yeah, he's still tough. I mean, he's, he's got plenty of big Ws under his belt. Yeah, well, there it is. And uh, uh, Nick Lee also tech-falled Iowa recruit Carter Happel. So, I mean, so this guy had a hell of a tournament. Mm-hmm. Just went straight beast mode, ran through everybody until uh, the finals, ran to a little choke, but, but got it done. Um, who else is in this bracket? There's someone else. I want. I'm, I'm I'm on the bracket now. I'm looking through it. There's someone yeah. I'm else. looking. I'm looking. I'm not looking through the bracket. I'm seeing the placements. Oh yeah, we had a tough kid. That's who I was thinking of. It was a Wisconsin kid. That was why. Uh, oh, and Caden 
Gefeller, he got knocked out from injury default early. That would have made the bracket more tough. But uh kid named Jaden Van Man, a really tough Wisconsin kid, ran into Canyon Store early, uh, lost a, a battle ten, eight to six, and then uh, he got bumped out. He didn't end up placing. But that that was a really good match. Um, I believe it was in the round of 16. It was pretty early in the tournament. Mm-hmm. All right. We got 145. This Artelona kid. I've heard good things about him. Man, I haven't watched much of Anthony Artelona. I've also heard the name. Obviously, many times. Um, and he beat Jared Verclaren. Well, he beat that PA kid that won the Worlds, right? He won Verclaren's a cadet world champion. Yeah, so he's super tough. Um, 152, you had Griffin Perriott, who was uh, he's a Purdue recruit from Minnesota. And he's placed very high on the national level. But he uh, he won both styles this weekend. So um, big congrats to him. He's headed to Purdue, and hopefully he'll be that. And then Minnesota followed up with another title at 160, uh, kid named I'm surprised that Minnesota lost to PA when you look at these results. PA brought a tough team. You know, PA, back in our day, back in our day, Tom. Back in the day. <laughs> Pennsylvania brought all the hammers. Yeah. They really oh, did. Yeah. And they, they don't do that anymore. Um, they sent, uh, you know, they, they, the young guns, who, in my opinion, is probably one of the better clubs in, in the country, if not the best. Um, I'm actually going out there for a clinic this week, so that should be fun. But, uh, they always send those big teams to those folk style tournaments. Um, what's the damn one? The the one in the, the Disney Duel duels. One. The Disney yep. duels. So you know, I think that kind of takes away from Pennsylvania's contingent. But yeah, like, like, to your point, Pennsylvania did win this year. Minnesota was second. Illinois was third. So it was a very competitive team race. Mm-hmm. Um, wow, Ohio all the way down in seventh. I did not. I even know. Don't get me started. Wisconsin's fifteenth. So. Not much. <laughs> um, yeah, so Pennsylvania bringing back the studs, and you know, obviously, well, every state didn't have everybody they had, but obviously, like right. a Spencer Lee probably would have scored some points for him. Hey, you right. want to hear one idea? I got. I pitched this to someone else, and he really liked this idea, Tommy. I'm ready. You ready for it? I'm ready, man. So the Fargo's obviously already great, but I think it could be even better, Tommy, if they did team scoring differently. So the way they do the team scoring now is. After the places are determined, you get X, you know, I believe it's eight points for first, uh, seven points for second, and so on down, right? What if they did, um, what if they did a scoring system in which you maybe you pick two guys per weight or, or it just automatically calculated your two top guys so you didn't have to pick something to that effect? And, and then, so it was, you know, so then it was calculated like regular tournament scoring, right? So if you get a win, it's a point or two points or whatever. I think if you did you two guys per weight, that's fair. Each state picks two guys per weight. Sure, something like that. And that way, you know, they could keep updating it on the boards. I think it would add a fun team component um, to the tournament so you could kind of follow who was winning the whole time because it would, you know, it probably would go back between. You know, the quarters, one team jumps in the lead, then the semis, another team jumps in the lead. Then <laughs> some, you know, I think it would add a fun team component because, um, Fargo is the only tournament left in the United States of America where, where they enter as large state contingents, right? So Wisconsin brings 50, Michigan brings 30, and, and so, so on and so forth. Um, there's no other tournaments like that. It is literally the only one. Yeah. What do you think? So get, get some state pride involved. Yeah, man. I think I think I think that you know I I think that there's always ways to draw draw in the interest, draw in the the team support. I mean, from my days in Fargo back in the day, I don't remember knowing what was going on with the team score, and so we can engage the the athletes in the states and then the the media for that matter, get people more rah rah about you know each state winning. Yeah, and especially you know I was thinking it's from also. From um from a, a team perspective, when you say you know every match matters or, or you know whatever, um then you're gonna get more kids paying attention to other kids' matches and cheering and 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 that kind of thing. I just think it would create a unique dynamic. I think it'd be a good good thing for them. Yeah. Um, but that's that's my idea. But Fargo's pretty freaking awesome. The way Insane. It is. Love it. So small small addition. Um. Canton Marriott, University of Missouri recruit, wins it at 170. He's going to be at the University of Missouri next. Uh, what do you think of this kid? You've probably watched him a few times. You know what? I, I I haven't watched him too much. He's a Park Hill kid, which is uh, they're they're a powerhouse out of the Kansas uh-huh. City side. Um, Gary Mayab, right? No, Mayab is at state. He was at uh, 
Oak Park. He's now at Blue Spring. I'm sorry. Oh, you said at, Park Hill. I got confused. He's at Staley. Yeah. Uh, Park Hill. Oh, they just changed coaches. Um, oh, wow. I want to say Keck maybe, but uh, I might be wrong on that one. I should probably Google this. I'm going to get yelled at for not knowing the answer to that question. Uh, happens to the best of us, my brother. Happens to the best of us. Okay, let me see who it is. Uh, I hope I'm right. Um, no, Jeff Davis? Hmm, okay, so I, I was way off. Cause I don't know. I think Keck might be the club coach then. So, uh, yeah, either way, they, they're freaking good. They've pumped out a lot of really good guys. Alan Waters was a Park Hill kid. Um, gotcha. So was uh, Johnny Ablin. So they've had a lot of really good guys over the years. But um, he comes along the same lines. Hopefully he's going to go in years to make a difference. Uh, one other kid I want to give a shout-out, a uh, kid who trains at my club a little bit. Kid named Jackson Hemauer. He did he did the Fargo special time. He lost second round. He won ten in a row to take third place. Awesome. Ten Stud. And his his blood round match was the only match. I got my second yellow card in my life. Uh but it was really my only match where I was legitimately mad at a referee. And he <laughs> it was a it was a it was like a nine seven match he won, but this referee one time the, the kid's name is Jack. Jackson took him out right, single leg, right into leg legs. The referee stopped it. And we're like, what did you stop it for? And he wouldn't give us an answer. And then another time, um, he was up with 20 seconds left and he's in a single leg and he changes off and he's about to finish and the referee stops it. And it was like, it was like four or five things like, like this, right? And, uh, the guy, our guy wins and I'm like, this ref, he can't literally, I mean, cause, oh, Tommy, let me make a point here. I mean, it's kind of funny to a certain extent. But now Jackson's already committed to the University of Wisconsin, right? Right. But being an All-American versus not being an All-American can determine where your future is going to go, right? Right. And when you got a guy refereeing them, he was on the on-the-mat ref, right? The on-the-mat ref who is not at the ability level he needs to be to ref that match. And this guy was not. Right. That can change a kid's future. It, we just talked about I got a freaking college scholarship because I went out and beat Troy Letters. In the third round. If that matches, if that matches ref differently, who knows? I don't, you know, right? So I, I got Troy Letters in a trapped arm gut. What if the ref just stops it and then I, you know, and I don't get six points off that trapped arm is, gut? It is, yeah, it's just. See what I'm saying? Oh yeah, I'm with so you. So I'm man. freaking irate and the match is over and I go over to the table and I say, let me know that guy's name because I need to go report him to the head, head referee. He is not able to be on the maps. It just, he doesn't have, he doesn't have what it takes. Listen, right. some of us aren't made for jobs that we take on. We just aren't. And Don't even so, get me started on this. I've so, had this discussion about other walks of life. And so they say no. They say no. I said, come on, give me his name. And they say no. And I said, give me his damn name. And they're like, <laughs> do it one more time in a yellow card and tell me my, my, my flight was leaving two hours later. So I said, give me a damn yellow card. I don't give, I don't give a crap. <laughs> so he's like, here's your yellow card. So I went to the next table of referees. I, what is that guy's name over there? And they, and they told me. And so at the head referee, I'm like, guys, Listen, I haven't bitched about a call in Fargo in, in eight years or probably more than that. Um, listen, I don't bitch very often, but this guy, he is not fit to be on the mat. Love so it. to that point, the referee, if that was the only complaint I had, the refereeing w- was pretty good. Yeah, I, I got to say, 23 mats, you know, it's pretty pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. and had, didn't have to shake anyone up too much. Um all right, back to it. Owen Webster winning at 182. He's going to the University of Minnesota. Uh, I, did he win last year? Don't know. If he did, if he did, it was close. Let me, let me, let me go ahead and Google this. Um, I believe he was a Cadet World team member last year if he did not win it. Uh, and Kevin Parker is going to Princeton, younger brother of Greg Parker. You remember Greg Parker? Yo, oh, yeah. Remember Princeton who, boy. Yep. Who he lost to in the finals? Oh gosh, why are you doing oh, this? Oh yeah, me? come on, Tommy. Let's see what you got. Who was it? Greg Jones. <sighs> that, was Greg, that was Greg Jones' first title. Crazy, right? This is crazy. What's he doing now, Greg Parker? Uh, I I think he's on, in New York City working or something, but I'm not. Yeah, I'm not really sure. No idea. Uh, yeah. So um, let's see. One ninety five. We talked about Ben Darmstadt. He's an animal. 220, another Iowa State recruit. This kid's good. And, and I think some people were talking about he was going, gonna go play football, but he decided to wrestle. And then heavyweight, you got another Iowa State kid, Gannon Gremmel. Um, Tommy, what do you do there when you got a 220 and you got a heavyweight both going to Iowa State? They're both the same grade. 
Well, I haven't seen the physical builds of these guys, but you would assume that Shields, KJ Shields Colbrace. He's, he's, if he's going ninety-seven, he's gonna be a big damn ninety-seven. I'll tell you that much. Interesting. Very yeah. interesting. Yeah. So. Well, KJ must have some type of plan up his sleeve. And maybe make him wrestle off. I don't know. <laughs> um, well, that that's a you know that was Fargo in a nutshell. Uh, is there any other thoughts you want to get off get off your chest about Fargo? No, I thought we covered a lot of it in the beginning. You know, with the experience of Fargo, what Fargo means, some of the highlights. It was good going through the weight classes too. Hey, did you, were you ever bad enough to uh, have the time to trade singlets? You know, my first no, my, my the last three years I got first first then fourth second then first first but the first year i could have traded singlets but i refused so i really? just said yeah i just sat in the stands it was just wow no, not I, a singlet. I traded singlets like a, like a badass when i was <laughs> i had so many freaking singlets that's another fun part seriously and i messed around and traded so many singlets um all right well you want to call it a wrap or what do it. Let's call it a wrap. What do we want to do next week? We got to do an Olympic preview. It's going to be what we do, but it will be early August. Um, I think we got to do an Olympic preview. I'm in. Hey, some guy asked me, Tommy, I got a lot of compliments on the show, uh, which is fantastic. Get Fargo. Hey, all, and, 40, all 41 of our listeners were out there, huh? I saw a crap ton of Rudis gear, too. Uh, someone yes, said that we should like do that. a show on, uh, on, on the biggest high school bust and why they were bust. And I can't I do like, it. I, I like, can't do it. can't do that. That's what I said. Me and you should do a private one when you come to my house in a week and a half. That would be fun, but I can't. I can't do it. Just can't do it. That'd be too brutal, right? It's just, yeah, it's just a bust is, you know, sometimes they just don't get it done. I mean, it's like it's not, they just didn't get it done. I don't want to talk about it. Sometimes <laughs> they're kids and they make stupid decisions too. Right, exactly, so. exactly. Yeah, I, I would uh, I would stay away from that topic, <laughs> big time. Uh, okay, well, listen, thank you to Defense Soap, Defend What You Have Built, sponsoring us, Tommy. We are uh, we're not very far away from getting to be a whole year old, so this is it's been a lot of fun, um, and I'm looking forward going to- into year two. We're gonna up the production value, I think. Have a good time, keep it casual, and uh, keep rocking. Nice. Well, that, that's good by me. All right, Tommy, you have a great night. You too, brother. See ya. See ya. You are listening to the T-Row and Funky Show, and it is brought to you by Defense Soap. Defend what you've built. Tommy, I got to say, I, I tried these products. He shipped me a box. Uh, I love them. I've, I've had, uh, if you know me, you know I had, I've had ringworm issues for a long time. Um, so I, you know, I'm looking forward to putting these in my repertoire and, and hoping uh, the ringworm does not come back ever. No doubt, Ben. And to top that off, the company was created by wrestlers. Guy Seiko wrestled at Cleveland State University. His son was an All-American in Virginia, so these people really get it. They know what the wrestling community needs.